0: Which relief package to pick? The PPP? How about EIDL? Or the Employee Retention Tax Credit? Or an increase in the SBA Express Loan? So many choices, and could there be an unintended consequence based on the selection you pick? So that conversation and more Coming up next, welcome to CFO audio bookmarks, the voice for continued growth and learning for financial leaders. And now your host, Mark Gandy. Last week, Bruce, by the way, Bruce reads CFO practice link, best, darndest, best uh, physician job board in America. So Bruce, last week, our topic was insurance, uh, specifically Business loss or business interruption insurance. This week, the news is for small businesses:
1: <laughs> payroll protection, baby.
0: Yeah, yeah. Woo! And why? Why is it now? I'm probably going to be on a rant uh, this morning. You want to take a guess why I'm just not been in a good mood uh, this week related to this? Uh, we we're calling it the PPP. That's that's kind of the abbreviation: the Payroll Protection Program. Well, I'd take a guess why I'm so uh, frustrated with this oh, program there could
1: there could be any number of reasons Mark oh. and, you know the uh, since since we started this since we started this podcast I've you know have, have tried to maintain that level of professionalism but you know when the mic's off <laughs> it can uh, it can get a little bit it can get a little bit more raw and I'll tell you mark this week this may be the F word podcast this may be it. Uh, don't get me going, but I bet it's for some of the same reasons.
0: I don't know if I have the right technol- technology to bleep out those uh, those uh, f words. <laughs> so yeah, I don't
1: want me- to. I don't want to get out there with that. Then so I will. Uh, I, I will keep it professional.
0: You and I can think them. <laughs> <laughs> um. the The frustration is the the frustration is a lot of the. Now, I've heard the word misinformation. I've even heard the word misinformation uh, from some people within SBA field offices, you know, reading some of the content that they've sent to people uh, who work for the SBA and that I've been able to to read. I don't know if I've read misinformation. I've read a lot of bad advice. So, for example, jump on this program. I'll, I'll give you a perfect example if if you can give me a minute. <laughs> I got a sure. got a text this morning. Uh, from my dentist uh, that I've had for about 22, 23 years, and they're shut down until April 24th. And that is a, that is an industry segment, dentists, uh, PTs, uh, chiropractors. I understand these small clinicians, these doctor's offices very well. I know that business model, uh, like the back of my hand. And if you'd have said, dentist, Mr. Dennis, Mrs. Dennis, you need to apply for the PPP, Wrong decision, because it means they'd have to rehire everybody back retroactive to March 1st. They would have to keep them on board X amount of weeks in the future. And for them, it gets down to a cash flow game. I mean, do you think when when they open back up, and I'm even questioning if they get to open back up at April 24th, but when they do, even if it's a month later, do you think they'll be at full capacity when they open back up?
1: Oh, no way. No I mean, way. It's going to no. take people some time, it's gonna to, take time to get back out there.
0: I'm going to say it'll be a 40% capacity, then 50, then 60. I don't know how long it will take them to get back to 100% or to the, the appointment levels they had uh, maybe through, say, let's say February 29th. So some of the poor advice, and this is even coming from some CPA firms that, oh, here's here's the information you want to look at without any advice whatsoever. And, and now what I've done with all the businesses I work with, except for one, except for one where we knew absolutely certain it'd be ridiculous to apply for it, we went ahead and applied. But we've also have applied for the EIDL loan, which we'll discuss here in a minute. So that means we have options. We have great options. So now we're not committing to anything, but at least now we can say, okay, we've applied for this. Now that we've caught our breath, we can look at these other programs or credits and see which is to our advantage. But the big frustration is, I just feel like this has been a huge PR nightmare. Even with SBA, they should even be saying on their website, this may not be for you. And here's why. Bullet point, bullet point, bullet point. You know, they are there to serve the public. They're there to serve small businesses. So I think sometimes when you use this herd mentality, hey, there's money out there, we're going to go for it. So that's, again, one of my big frustrations. And, and I'll end my rant for about two minutes. Uh, you, you've got the mic.
1: I, I think it's one, of the, it's one of those things where everybody's got, everybody's got some information. This is kind of, I mean, this is different. It's a whole new world. and and i think there's i think there's two schools of thought one of them is you know you don't want to get left behind there because as much as there's assurances that there's going to be another round of stimulus and that the money's not going to run out
0: great point excellent point
1: and and then on, on the flip side then there's you know there's speculation there's speculation that okay if you take the you know if you take some of the upfront money even if you're not approved for the disaster application, you know, that could affect your ability on, on the, on the payroll protection loan. And that's, you know, that and but it's all speculation. You know, there's a lot of, there's a lot of, uh, of different, of different pra- uh, practitioners out there of different, you know, different financial type of advice that are coming at this thing from different directions. And at the end of the day, when you're, when you're a business just trying to keep your people employed and keep your business afloat, you know, you, you get caught up in that, you know, get caught up in all of the, the, the contradictory information. It can get really frustrating.
0: I want to date stamp uh, this audio real quickly. If, if you're reading the, the show notes, you can see the date, but this is a being recorded April 3rd at about 10 AM. So, uh, there are banks that have supposedly have probably started taking applications, if not now, later today. So I do want to share just a couple of concerns, and I want you to pile on if you want. But one of the first concerns is in some of the Q&A document, uh, documentation directly from the SBA is the question is, is this first come, first served? And the answer is, yes, this is first come, first served. Here is Why is this a concern? Well, now it's like a it's like a uh, it, it's like a lottery. it's like let's okay, let's get this stuff turned in as quickly as possible. What if, what if Bruce, you're working with a bank who is either a on the fence? Do we want to participate in the PPP or not? Because you do not have to be a preferred lender to be a part of this program and offer it to uh, their customers. So, again, frustration or concern number one is the banks who have not opted in. That could be leaving out a lot of companies. Now, you could say, the critic could say, well, just find a different bank. Well, there are some banks taking the position, we're going to work with our own customers first. They get first priority. And now, again, that's, that is based on a very small sample size of businesses I work with and what their banks have told them. But is, is that a valid concern that I have on this whole first come first served?
1: Got it. I, I think it has to be. I think yeah. It has to be valid.
0: And I'm not going to put you on the spot. If you were one of these uh, uh, businesses working with a bank who is uh, uh, on the fence, I'm not going to ask you that question. So, We'll just go on.
1: (laughs) Well, and and um, I mean, I do know that I do know that I've got I've got banking relationships, and actually just just got some information shortly that says it's you know they are they are participating, but I think they're all scrambling. They're all Uh, scrambling.
0: And here's the other thing, Bruce. So are the banks who are part of the program, because even uh, as of late, just emailing back and forth. Uh, Banker A, is this the form to use? Do we use this form, or do we use this other form? And and even thankfully, at about seven thirty this morning, there's a, a pretty sizable bank uh, holding company based in uh, Central Missouri. They even said, "Mark, j- just send the just send the sample form that you provided." Uh, once we start the underwriting process, we may have you sign the paperwork. That's the official approved forms. So. Yeah, I think banks are even having to make it up as they go. I mean, they've gotten certain guidance and protocol from the SBA, but there's still a lot of gray area. And again, this has just been, it's been a mess, but I don't really hold the SBA accountable because this law just came into effect a Friday ago. And so the SBA is being asked to do something it's never been asked to do in its history. So I am actually cutting them slack I'm cutting bank slack the people I'm not cutting slack with are the people who have made come up with some interpretations and give them bad advice so but anyway first come first serve if you're listening and don't know what we're talking about you need to uh, uh you need you need to contact your banker get the forms get them filled out and the good news is uh, for most of the businesses I've worked with it took less than 35 minutes uh, less than 35. Probably took me longer. I'm a former KPMG auditor. I tend to tick and, t- and over document so that my, my work papers probably took longer than to doing the form itself. The form itself takes probably less than 10 minutes. Very easy to, to fill out.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: Uh, the other thing I want to mention, it's, it's, it's yeah, I guess it falls under the, the concept of concerns. I have never been more on top of the concept of the law of unintended consequences, and let me tee this up just a little bit. I want to say it's in the 1800s, maybe before, uh, but I think the 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 rabbits were introduced to Af- uh, excuse me, Australia in the 1700s and then they were introduced again by a hunter in the mid 1800s and there was an oops. There was an oops because a few years later there were, estimated over 2 million rabbits in Australia. And then there's a lot of damage to crops and to the entire ecosystem. So that was a law of unintended consequences, not a side effect, but an unintended consequence. And how does this apply to the payroll protection program? Well, very easily. If you don't know all of your other options, you may be going down a path that you may wish you had not. Do you want to jump in or do you want me to keep going?
1: Well, I mean, I, I think I'll just jump in from the standpoint of, it's, you know, I've, that, that's been a fear that I've been I've been wrestling with when it's you lo- looking at the, the, the different requirements and kind of on the on the back end of the of the payroll report the or the, the payroll program. What's you know, kind of what what are your intentions and and you know are those intentions that are they right now in a in a month or are those still going to be the same intentions and just the requirement of you know the, the different things that comply with the forgiveness element of, of payroll protection you know th- those are that's taken a that's also taking a I mean it's kind of taking a leap as well so the um, so the you know, that that's a I mean that's a key. Um, I mean that's a key consideration to that. And then when you decide what's the what are the best things to do when it comes to um, you know the the tax benefits and there. I mean there's 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 tax, there's the SBA, and then there's the bank driven stuff. So those all all of those things are um, all of those things are. Um, uh, those are all important considerations, and it's almost like you have to model out, if then, and see what's best for you.
0: Exactly. Comple- completely agree. So just kind of a recap, just a, just a recap. So there's payroll protection program. There's EIDL, economic injury disaster loan. That is not forgivable. And by the way, the the PPP that you may be filling out and applying for on April the 3rd, not all of it may be uh, forgivable, but the EIDL is not forgivable, potentially has a longer uh, term out to 30 years. But again, you won't know until you've been approved and it goes through an underwriting process uh, directly right. with the SBA. Uh, again, I think you attended a Ruben Brown uh, webinar on various tax credits or the tax credit that's available uh, as a result result of coronavirus. I attended one a week earlier with BKD, and I'm not a tax guru, so still trying to piece together what that means. I'll be looking a little bit harder at that math over the next few days now that we can catch our breath a little bit. And then, by the way, there's also the, I think the express loan falls under the 7A language of, of of SBA lending, and if I'm wrong, let's just use the term SBA Express. So in the past, uh, that's been a limit up to 350. Well, now that's now up to 1 million. So don't forget, if you already have an express loan up to 350, just go through the renewal process of upping, upping it to 1 million. Now, it's like applying for a loan. I mean, you still have to put together finance. It has to be packaged, it has to go through loan committee. And once loan committee has said, yes, we like this, we believe in it, we believe you have the wherewithal, uh, then the packaging process starts. So, again, that is an option. Um, and then you may have existing uh, lines of credit that are not tied to the government. Uh, those are options as well. So, you've, like you said, you've got to model them. I like what you said, model them out. So the law of unintended consequences is picking one and ignoring all other Options. One other concern, last concern, is do, do we want to take up a pool on what the default rates will be for the loans that are not oh, forgiven? Because uh, there are going to be people that are applying for this that should not. <laughs> the, uh, this is really, Bruce, and this is my rant again. This is really nothing more than federal uninsurance. Uh, it's, you're, you're supposed to use 75% of the proceeds toward payroll and And but, yeah, good luck on uh, auditing that, uh, verifying that uh, as these proceeds are remitted to businesses. But there are gonna be businesses that do not have the wherewithal to pay these back if they're not forgiven. And I think there is a perfect segment, a perfect type of business uh avatar to get these proceeds. I'm telling you, default rates are going to be high. Some people will say, "So what?" So there's the end of my rant. Uh, if you wanted, if you want to pile on, or if we need to be professional, that's fine too.
1: Yeah, I mean, that's the big. You know, some some of these companies now that we're hearing that are you know, that are doing these large layoffs, and it's like all coronavirus related, and it's like you know how. how is there some element of saving face that that some organizations are doing right now? That you know, th- maybe things weren't, maybe things weren't up to expectations even prior, and you know, now's now's the time to make announcements that may have been made otherwise, and then then, or some of those you know that really need to just look at the entire ability to stay viable, um, you know, probably probably some harder decisions that I think would be difficult to make. I, mean, I do feel fortunate to, to, to be in a spot with an organization that, uh, that practice length is a you know, very solid, um, you know, on, on firm footing, not overextended. And, you know, with a little bit of, with a little bit of money in the bank.
0: In the few minutes that we have left Bruce, and this is a little bit of a, an abbreviated episode. Uh, want to finish out with a, a couple of tips. I know, A lot of people have had to revisit their financial models. Uh, I know some, in fact, I know some people who are on the e-newsletter list because I know them by name. It's like I know how they do their modeling. Some of them have the, the big time budget that they work on. And it gets it, the, the focus is on variance reporting. So I, I think you and I are a little bit more agile and that we update our models. I mean like very, very frequently. Uh, I'll probably in the show notes. I'll do some screenshots of a couple of my models. I just two tips I do want to share if your software allows us. And if not, you may just have to go back to Excel, which is a little can be problematic. But I've now moved a lot of my models from weekly buckets to days. And we may have brought that up two weeks ago, but where I had models going out 12 weeks, I'm now looking at 30 days, 60 days, 90 days. It's getting that tight. So uh, the weekly buckets may work for you, but where cash is really tight, we're looking at I mean again we're looking at rolling days as in 30 60 90 days out and then refreshing that every morning um, are, does that make sense do you like the concept like the idea Yeah
1: you know, what what's how how many days you know basically right now I mean the calculation is how many you know how many days of bills do we have how many days of expenses and debt service do we have and do we can we reasonably believe that we're going to have for you know whatever the whatever the appropriate period is, but that period is a lot shorter than it used to be.
0: My last tip, and I could probably go on, but I tried to pick the two biggest. One of the things I've noticed even personally is you know how in some models where we're looking at headcount Maybe we get as granular to say, well, this department has four people with an average rate of 85,000 per FTE. But in all of my models, I'm now getting down to the, not the name, but the role. So like if there's six CSRs, I'm not listing CSRs as a bucket. I'm listing them all out. So I'm getting that granular. So if we need to ask someone to go on furlough, Our model is a little bit more agile to where we can remove that. Now you could say, well, just make the six FTEs be five. No, there's another reason we're doing it because on some of the FTEs, some are going down from 40 hours to 30 hours. Uh, We have some FTEs, they're taking a 20% pay cut. Some are taking a 30. So we got a little bit more flexibility on a roll by roll basis. And then the other thing I've done also is I'm listing out customers. So like professional services firms, even if you have a hundred clients, it's not that difficult to get those in and then be looking at the revenue uh, on a client by client basis. Now in in, an, in a SaaS based organization like yours would be difficult. Now you might take your top 10% or your top 15% list them out individually. But in my models on employees on customers and maybe in select cases vendors, I'm getting very specific and, and that's how I've had to make some tweaks in my modeling do you agree or you think that's uh, too cumbersome? I know it's working for me
1: I think it depends on <laughs> depends on the organization mm-hmm. um, there and when you know if it's a if it's a heavily if it's a very people intensive type of an organization, then then those are those are going to be big and important decisions there. If it's you know, a, a leaner organization where the roles you know, there's not a lot of repetition in those then it almost in a way it almost takes care of itself there, which is probably a little more a little more of our circumstance on the uh, with practice link that most of our roles are let's just say individual contributor type of roles that are you know kind of a single you know, so, so there's some there's some cross utilization, and those things will those things will have some impact. But they kind of depend on the profile of the company.
0: Bruce, I think it's a wrap. Uh, I do want to just mention really quickly: we have an interesting guest. We're going to get into a little bit of positivity uh, next week. Uh, the co-author of one of my favorite CEOs of all time, Alan Mulally, uh, they've written a book on uh, business process reviews. And that's what Alan Mulally used uh, in his company, Ford, uh, when they went through not one, but two, two crises. And they're one of the companies that did not take federal funds when they could have. Uh, his competitors did, he didn't, but they used a BPR process, business plan review, on an ongoing basis. So he's co-authored a book, and we'll be speaking with that co-author next week. And I think it's very appropriate in the times that we are living in. So that's coming up next week. So that, uh, that,
1: that is something to look forward to.
0: So Bruce, let's uh, wrap this up. And as we've done in the past, I'm just going to let you uh, take us home.
1: All right. Hey Everybody out there and Mark, please stay well, stay safe. Remember, we're all in this together. We will get to the other side. And looking forward to talking to everybody and talking to our guests next week.